Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me, as always, the one and only Amy Thomason is with me. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? I am doing very well. The flu has left the Thomason household, so we are all healthy, and I am ready to get down and dirty and talk about some movies. All right, that is fantastic. First... Folks, I am sad to say that uh, co-host Matthew Marchetti is sadly no longer with us. We wish him all the best in his next endeavor, which uh, is uh, a career that has brought him... He has to work at night, basically, and so he can no longer record with us. He hopefully will stop in from time to time with an un-Oscar or two. We're hoping to get one of those soon, but we wish him the best. So for now, it is just the two of us as as it has been for, for quite some time now, but now it is certainly official. Okay, and with that out of the way, folks, the Oscars nominations have been announced. We missed it last week because of said news, news briefing and because I just dropped the ball on a technical scale. So we will talk about our choices and predictions for the 90th Academy Awards, closer to the March 4th air date. But for now, we are going to talk about 2017 in general, movies in particular, because, believe it or not, folks, we don't just watch classic movies. Well, I know I don't. I think, Amy, I feel like you, that's like kind of the only thing you do. If, it was, if, it's, if it's anything before Star Wars, you're like, all right, I'm going to watch that. But anything afterwards, eh, you don't seem really that into it. <laughs> I see I see some modern movies, but it's it's harder for me to go out and see them ever since I had children. I hear that. And and I've loved classic movies since I was about 13 years old. So it's easier to stream those or get those on Netflix than to pay to go out and see a movie and risk it not being very good. Right. Right. It is a hassle going to the movies with a kid. And I, I will say, since having a kid, I've actually seen more movies, but I'm going to have to say that's because New York City is awesome. They have screenings where they're like, yeah, you can bring a kid, and if the kid's loud, if anyone complains, they can they can suck it, basically. You Which... also live in New York City where all of the movies come to play. Yep. South Carolina's not yep. L.A., it's not D.C., it's not New York. <laughs> no, you, you get them eventually. You get all... Eventually. You get all you get all the Oscar nominees after they have been nominated and or won the the Oscars. So, you know, there's that. It, it makes it loud for top ten lists. It is absolutely lousy. So I'm very fascinated to hear what yours are. And so we are going to start this off right away. No pause, no breaks. Amy, what is number ten? Dun, 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 of Number 10 on my list is The Florida Project. Really? That's number 10? Because you have been talking about this movie for a while to me. We've been going back and forth about it. I haven't seen it. What about it? It is very... One... Uh, I'll start with the bad and then get to the good. Okay. Okay. The bad... It really felt like a documentary. It really felt like, and this isn't bad. That part's not bad. Hmm. But it really seemed like you were watching a live streaming of just someone's life. Which 
with no editing or you know whatever in between it, it got a little like antsy in your seat I don't want to say boring because it wasn't boring but it's like oh okay now they're playing now they're running to get ice cream mm-hmm. now they're kind of acting obnoxious okay yeah but sometimes it was like okay can we maybe get some kind of a plot moving along here okay good. it sounds it sounds aimless but good yeah it really and I think it's like that on purpose I don't think that's it's not like it was badly done, but sometimes it was a little like, literally, like if I put a camera and just followed my son around all day, <laughs> after a while, it would be like, okay, that's great. Okay, all right. Okay, that's bad. That's a good. But it does capture that aimlessness of childhood during the summer. Hmm. It, it captures that. What I thought was interesting slash frustrating about it is the little girl's mother was like, oh, she was just so awful. This was the year of horrible mothers portrayed on film. (laughs) It's like, that would be an interesting Twitter topic, but who was the worst mother in film this year? And this mother, but she was so realistic. She was just... She had no money. She's, you know, teaching her finger. Her daughter had to, like, take selfies and, like, give the finger to people. And people are trying to help her out. And she's, like, cursing them off. And she just had no responsibility whatsoever. And she wasn't likable. And I thought that was brave. And I'm actually kind of surprised that the actress, and I don't know her name right now, didn't get nominated for an award. And I think it's because she isn't a really a professional trained actress right but she hasn't stopped him before she seems like one of those teenage moms like on an mtv show where like with the tattoos and the like f you and you know literally like beating other people up teaching her daughter how to flip people off you know all that kind of stuff well perhaps because perhaps between laurie metcalf and allison janney they were like you know we need we can't just keep having hard to deal with moms as supporting yes. actress. Like we let's let's just let's just back it off and we'll nominate somebody else. Florida Project, number ten for Amy. Number ten for me. Similar lines because um 2017 brought us great female characters. Uh certainly Wonder Woman being the tops, you know, she's she's strong, she's smart, she's 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 everything you want to be, but characters that interested me more were the uh the fuck-ups because it feels like now we're finally at the point where yeah you know what women can be fuck-ups too and that's okay and so for my number 10 you're not talking about the florida project because there are so many movies like that but for my my number not my number 10 i'm gonna go with colossal by uh nacho vigilando and starring anne hathaway because I think she she is the fuck uppiest fuck up that ever fucked up. I think it's certainly certainly in the circles that I that I would that I would hang out in. It's like you know you're just you're you're in the city and you just you just drink too much and you you start screwing up your life. But it also has this great sci-fi element to it where she's basically the manifestation of she can manifest into a giant kaiju monster in Korea that ends up destroying a lot of things and it becomes so something so much 
richer than that plot would give it. It becomes about not only alcoholism, but considering the uh, all the talk of toxic toxic masculinity we've had in 2017, it becomes like it's just a giant metaphor for that within the character of Jason Sudeikis and how he is entitled. He is petulant. He is a alcoholic, and he's 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 uh, the perfect encapsulation of what a white guy is. Kind of, sort of, and how, and how, and, and someone on Twitter put, uh, put it brilliantly that she is both a victim of an abusive relationship, but then she also gets gets the revenge in it, all in mm-hmm. all in one movie. And uh, Anne Hathaway is absolutely brilliant. She's one of my favorite actresses, and so number ten for me is absolutely colossal. You should check it out if you like giant monsters. You'll like it if you like strong character pieces. I think you will like it as well. Plus, it's also pretty damn funny. If I do say so myself. Number nine, number nine, moving on, moving on. Okay, my number nine is Mother. Ah. Controversial, controversial. Um, I put Mother at number nine because I think I was one of five people that thought it was brilliant instead of a steaming pile of shit. I do not not understand the hate for this movie. I don't get it. It and maybe because and you made the comment about how do I like anything made after 1977, which was Star Wars. But other people think I also tend to only like like Woody Allen movies and like Lars von Trier movies and things like that. (laughs) And I do. So there you go. I dragged a poor unwitting date who I had only this was like our second date so we didn't know each other that well to see like dogville and didn't know anything and didn't know anything about it i was like that's a terrible movie to go on a date for i was like well there's this movie that i really want to see and it just came out and i guess the guy really liked me because he's like oh yeah sure what's this movie about i'm like oh it's supposed to be really you know really brilliant it's about a bunch of of dogs in a village totally about with that. But I was like, you love it. And I dragged some some other a, a different guy on a date to see Brokeback Mountain who he didn't know what that movie was about either. So I'm kind of sneaky like that. Anyway, but Mother was a lot like a Lars von Trier movie. It was Definitely. depressing as hell. It was filmed all weird and crazy. It definitely should have 18 trigger warnings on it mm. because it's literally like Darren Aronofsky got into my brain found out every really deep-rooted fear that I have and, like, put it on screen. That's what you do. That's what you do. There's typical horror movies really do not scare me. Mm -hmm. Stuff where it's all in your head scares me. Rosemary's Baby, the fact it's not just the devil, it's not that. It's the it's the husband plotting against her and messing with her head that terrifies me to my core. Yeah. It's that you trust people and this is a woman who she has this sacred beautiful space and her husband just keeps letting people into this sacred yeah. space he and it just gets taking Taking, and he taking. keeps taking and he keeps taking and it's that out of control like she's trying to put a cap on everything and she can't and it just gets wild and out of control and not only as a woman did that hit me this is gonna sound weird as a teacher it kind of hit me because teachers 
universally have nightmares right around the time when school starts where your students act wild and psycho and out of control and you're just sitting there and you're screaming and screaming and trying to get everything contained again, which literally Darren Aronofsky captured in this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can uh, definitely tell you that this is that is not the only time that mother will be showing up in this discussion. But now the question is, when and where? So you're just gonna have to keep listening to that. Number nine, I feel like maybe for me, I kind of have to put this on here because of who I am. And that's Star Wars, Last Jedi. Not only because it is, in fact, uh, a brilliant Star Wars movie, it's a Star Wars movie that takes Star Wars and just like, you know what? Screw all this noise. Uh, there are things in Star Wars that are terrible. The Jedi are terrible, and we need to kind of just, we need to wipe the slate clean. We need to stop worrying about the original trilogy. We need to stop worrying about the original characters. We're going to kill them all off or do something. We're going to burn it. We're going to burn it, burn it to the ground, and we're going to give it to the, give it to the new, uh, the, the new cast, the, the, the kids, because that's, what is supposed to happen. We're not supposed to be stuck in the past always. We can, uh, we can do two things with that. We can either radically go, go against, or we can take what we've learned and do something else with it. We, it, it can be, we can, and that's, and that's the choice presented at the end, at the end of the film. It, I will have to also say that the fact that the internet so hates this movie makes me love it even more <laughs> because I don't know what, I don't know what they wanted or expected, but I got, something completely unexpected that I never knew I, I ever possibly wanted as one of the greatest lightsaber fights in Star Wars, uh, in the Star Wars canon, and uh, a great final encounter that I think is what a Star Wars movie and what a Jedi would actually do. So um, number nine for me, absolutely Star Wars Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson absolutely earned his ability to make an entire new trilogy Without the Skywalkers, with this one, I love this movie. So, that's me. Number eight. Number eight, number eight, number eight. Okay, number eight for me is Get Out. Yeah! Good movie, terrible trailer. When I saw the trailer for it, I thought it looked unbelievably stupid. Because I didn't really know what it was about. As soon as it started getting more acclaim, I watched it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was filmed really well. If there was any more room for a Best Supporting Actress, I think uh, Catherine Keener definitely should be on that list. She was was very creepy in that. And it was shot. It was shot really well whenever she uh, put him under and it looked like he was falling back through space. That image was just unbelievable to me. And especially considering I went into it thinking it was going to be really, really stupid. I thought it was amazing. I think that actor's amazing. Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah. Kaluuya? Yeah. Whatever. And Allison Williams reminds me so much of my sister, but no tangents. There we go. There's my... No, no, no. Honestly, that's... No, because I want to, like, physically or... Her character in the movie was like your sister? Physically and a little bit her character from a TV show she was on. But oh. she's very delicate boned and has a very strong mouth and a very like assertive. She would have told off the cop when the cop pulled them over at the right. beginning and she tells him off. That's a thousand percent my sister. My sister would have literally been like, 
excuse me. And she would have like, in a very classy, strong read down, <laughs> she would take the guy down, but not actually have to raise her voice. Oh, all right. She's the kind of woman that like alpha male pigs absolutely hate. She is strong. She's fierce. And the fact that she's only like five one and weighs like a hundred pounds just makes her even more of a badass, in my opinion. Okay. Shout out. Susan, what's up? What's up, Susan? How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Just don't be like Allison Williams in this movie because she's fucked up. That's like she is. She's she's the good stuff about Allison Williams before she becomes all crazy. Yeah, there you go. Let's let's let's. But the way the way it was filmed was unbelievably beautiful. I think the humor in it was very very funny. Yeah, well, Jordan Peele, he knows he knows how to write a joke, that man. Yeah, and so really, it was an excellent film, and I look forward to like watching it again. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. Sadly, will not make did not make this list. Uh, I'm gonna say so. I'll just say that uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's number eleven for me, basically. Uh, very good, stunning directorial debut. It's definitely walking away with some Oscar. I probably screenplay. I don't know. It's a, it's a toss up this year. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, as unnerving and unsettling a, a horror movie as can be, and also it complete with commentary that doesn't beat itself over your head. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't beat you over the head. Which with it. I liked about it. Which, it but, wasn't. But it's absolutely. It, it was absolutely fresh. There. Where everybody's racist and everybody sucks. Right. It wasn't that at all. I mean, everybody sucks, but you know, in a way that made me feel kind of like uh, as a white guy, as a white liberal guy, essentially Bradley Whitford. Oh God! Anyways, uh, okay, moving on. Number eight for me, *The Shape of Water*. Guillermo del Toro undoubtedly will win the best director for this one. Beautiful love story, great little spy kind of caper thriller espionage. A film I think I described it in our previous episode as um, the movie that 2017 kind of kind of kind of like, we want 2017 to be this. 2017 sucked, but Shape of Water reminded you that you know what really can help everything is if we love one another and we just try to do what's right for those who can't do it themselves for whatever reason. Whether that's the downtrodden, the immigrants, or a fish man. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's all a metaphor. It's a, a incredibly beautifully shot movie uh great soundtrack as with all of Guillermo del Toro's films stunning performance by Sally Hawkins who says very little she has this one magical moment where she busts into song and dance and black and white like a uh like a Busby Berkeley number uh you would love that I don't know if you've seen the movie <laughs> but other than it's it's very incredible and I like I want the more the more I thought about the more I liked it I want. I was. I walked down like, yeah, yeah, that was that was fine. I was sure it was whatever. Guillermo del Toro's kind of gone off for me. I just haven't really been into it. But this one works. It it works, and it 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 stay it stays with you. It's the front runner for a reason. The Shape of Water, number eight. Yeah. In an interesting twist, that is actually my number eight as well. What? what? Crazy. Yeah, wait, where are we right now? I don't even know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. My number seven. Okay. I forget. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, but this had the same 
it's just like Get Out. I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks really stupid. And then it said that it was by, you know, oh, by the director and writer of... Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, and... Pan's Labyrinth. And I was like, okay, hang on. <laughs> now I actually have to go see it. Then it started getting all the reviews. Went to see it alone, which is kind of how I prefer to see movies, unless my husband's with me. But um, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It seems like a magical dream. And his yeah. movies are magical. And it's beautiful. And it's crazy and unlikely. It's not realistic, but it doesn't matter because it's it's magical. I thought Michael Shannon was excellent. Yes. Thought he'd get an Oscar nod. Seriously. I was glad that Richard Jenkins did. I was a little confused with his relationship with Sally Hawkins for a while. I was like, are they married? Are they not? Are they? Then I, when it was clear that he was gay, I was like, ah, now I get it. But I thought their little apartment was super charming. Just, and you, I, if a man, if I were a man, I would have fallen in love with Sally Hawkins in that movie. Oh yeah. It's, uh, she's just so charming and lovely. And I couldn't believe it was the same actress who played the sister in Blue Jasmine at all. I was like, what? But it was it was lovely. But I don't know. It's further down on my list. Yet I kind of hope it wins Best Picture. Explain that to me. I don't understand. It's a it's a wide open it's a wide open year. Um, I think there are four movies that have a shot at winning this: Three Billboards, Get Out, Lady Bird. All of them could walk away with potentially just best picture. It's madness. I don't know what to think anymore. This is not my. Dad, these it. are not your daddy's Oscars. I love it. But I love, I love it. it. Love it so much. I, mm. I like that more movies are getting seen and more movies are getting recognized than just. I mean, back in the day, ten years ago, it would have been Dunkirk, Slam Dunk. Yeah, well, no, but, uh, what would have been back in the day? I don't know what, I don't, of this year, I don't know it what would have been, been back in the day. But, like, like you know, Dunkirk would have been nominated, would have won director. But I don't know what else would have been. The you Post. Know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, The Post would have totally been. The, the other early. one about, the other movie about World War II would have been in there. Finest, oh, Darkest Hour. Lady Bird would never be nominated. No. Three no. Billboards would never be nominated. You need to have one cute, quirky movie. The, uh, as I like to call it, the Little Miss Sunshine, that could, that could, uh, or Betty, the Full Monty. Your, your one quirky movie. Yeah, the comedy, as it were, the one that makes you, you know, laugh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but that's like critically acclaimed, and like we'll pick up a screenplay or something like that yes. because yeah, that's that's what would have happened, but not this year because things are madness, They're utter madness. Yes. Moving on. And a good- in the best way possible. Oh yeah, in the best way possible. Moving on, number seven. Here's one that I don't think will be on. That, uh, it, I feel like the t- the top ten lists, they're all a lot of the same movies, just reordered. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go with a ghost story. Instead of Get Out, I put in a ghost story for my quote unquote horror. It's not really horror. It is a. What I love about this movie is that it takes concept of a ghost, like literally a ghost, a Casey Affleck in a white in a white sheet, white sheets, and instead of doing a, a typical kind of horror movie, which it, which it easily could have, and there were there were horror elements, because but we see everything from the ghost's perspective. It becomes a 
film meditating on time and desire in I think one of the most beautiful ways that I've I've witnessed in a, in a in a film in a very very long time. It has a beautiful music. It is practically silent, and it's so it's so touching. It and you just this and this this sheet that is Casey Affleck, who nobody likes anymore because things. Yet you <laughs> still feel so. You feel so much for him, like it, he's so he's so emotional. Like when he sees when he sees Rooney Mara leave, he, he you can tell that he's sad. He's so sad, and it's the way like his shoulders are are hunched a little bit. It's uh, oh, it's 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 beautiful and bittersweet, and it goes it goes through it plays with time in way that only film can it just goes ahead mm-hmm. forward and then it goes back in on itself because it's all a flat circle you know and i uh, i just i'm getting i'm getting chills thinking about it and i want to go listen to the music right now so um <laughs> for, for me number seven uh would be a ghost story uh it's very little scene but oh oh so very beautiful and uh and it's only that's also only 90 minutes so like Go check it out, please. It's, <laughs> it's lovely. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, yes, go story. About that film. Yes. Number six. My number six is The Post. Oh. What? What? Of course I wanted to see it. It had every single ingredient of, Amy, this movie is for you. Yes. You've got Spielberg, you've got Meryl Streep, you've got Tom Hanks. It's about newspaper business and, you know, taking down, you know, corruption and stuff. It's everything I love. And I feel that, sadly, it's not getting as much credit as it deserves because not that people are tired of Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, but I think it's just so assumed now that they're so great that every performance, they're just excellent, 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 excellent. Mm -hmm. And so it's not exciting to root for them anymore. And that's sad. I I, I find it very easy. I, I will always root for Tom Hanks. Mostly because my wife will not root for Tom Hanks. I'm like, well, I got, I got, I got to pull, I got to pull in double, double duty for that then. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, you're right. It hasn't been getting love. It only got nominated for two Oscars: best picture. It's a and good story. It's a good story, very well told. And sadly, because it doesn't require some of the cinematic schmanciness <laughs> that some of the other movies have. It's like the fact that it's an excellent movie, good story, very well told. Like that's just not enough this year. Right. It's, it's not different and these young kids these days. I sound like <laughs> such an old woman right now when I say that. Every, but every day. But it's really also funny. it's also perfect taste. Like a perfect movie to me is Marty. Marty's great. Yeah. It's good it's, story, well told. I don't I need it to win. be crazy right and well written and this movie also prompted me to literally go home 
look up the Pentagon Papers on Google, look up Ben Bradley. And I downloaded the audio, the book, um, uh, Personal Memories, or what I can't even think of the book that I'm reading right now, but Catherine Graham's memoirs that won the Pulitzer before she died. Wow. Personal history. And it, I've been like nonstop reading this book. Because oh, it is good. Yeah. Fun thing about based on true, true events, movies like that. It's uh, it's a, it is, it's great. It's a little dry. It, it, it doesn't. It lacks the Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight that Spotlight had. You know, Martin, the mm-hmm. very, and also that sort of. It still felt a little like kind of abstract what they were go, what they were going after. At least you know you can understand the, the, the Catholic scandal in, in Spotlight, but it's still very good from the same people, the same writer. It's Spielberg, who is so good you don't even notice when he's being good. Like he's. There are some incredible framing techniques and just great things that he does in there, but you don't know it's because like, oh, it's Spielberg. Of course, it's gonna be great. But and like, he, we take he it for directs granted. people very well, and it's sad to me that when people think Spielberg, they think Saving Private, they think big, right? Saving Private Ryan, storming the thing at Normandy. They think E.T. with the flying in the air, and they think Jurassic Park. But he can actually direct people, right? And, you know, it's, and it's, it's a, a drama, right? It's a, without it's, it's a small magic. Moment. It's the, it's the small moments where he actually he excels very well in both big films and in small films. And the post is post is is a, is a small film, but it's it's a Spielberg film. And you know, goddamn it, people, we need to appreciate this man more because he's Spielberg. Just just saying. Um, speaking of directors, number six, I know. Can't wait to hear your non thoughts on this, Dunkirk. The, in case you didn't notice, I just rolled my eyes. No, no. no. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a movie that got Christopher Nolan his first Oscar nomination. Ridiculous. It is um, such a well-directed piece of cinema. It is... I can see why... Like, It's not going to win Best Picture. It's, it doesn't, doesn't have characters, really, that... It doesn't have, like... A, Characters, you know, that one can focus on. It tells a broader tale about the evacuation of Dunkirk. You can complain about how they showed that all you want, but the movie that is presented is harrowing. The sound is, it blows your ears out. The way it is edited is brilliant and would keep an otherwise stale film feeling very fresh. And at an hour and 40 some odd minutes, the shortest Christopher Nolan movie ever, and it is it comes along and sings, and it is great. It's um, it, I will go back to the word harrowing because it messes you up. It is quick and brutal, but there are times you're like, "Fuck, beautiful! Look what they are doing right now!" And Tom Hardy is a flying ace, and he's amazing, and we should we should love him. Uh, it's Again, if, if it weren't for Guillermo del Toro, I think Christopher Nolan would run away with the director Oscar uh, on this one because I mean he's made he's directed some of the most intellectual blockbusters that have hit the pop culture ever: Dark Knight, Inception, Stellar, the all, the, all of those, and th- like this is absolutely one of his best movies hands down it's uh it's a tech it's a technical feat and i it may pick up a bunch of technical awards unless shape of water decides to clean house 
that is, if you're going to see it, folks, if you're going to see Amy, if you're going to see this, you find the <laughs> biggest goddamn screen possible and you watch this. You turn the sound all the way up to the point where your neighbors a mile away start complaining about how loud it is. That's how you experience Dunkirk. And uh, for that, it is number six. Yeah, that's not a watch it on your laptop kind of movie. You don't don't see this movie on your phone. Just that that ruins no, it. No, I don't watch movies. Yeah. yeah, most movies you should see on as big a screen as possible. But this movie is like it is required viewing in like seventy millimeter or something. You get an, I go to go to IMAX and just be overwhelmed by it. It's an overwhelming movie, and it's a, a rare thing to have these days. Number five, Amy Thompson. Number five is Train Spotting Two. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay, that is unanticipated. Did not did not see that coming. What about Train Spotting Two? Well, oh. some of these really it's it's my personal top oh, ten. Yeah, that's it's fine. That's not fine. Necessarily, the movies that I think are the most brilliant films of the year. But I was a wee college girl when that first movie came out, so. I got <sighs> chills watching the trailers for those movies and I could not wait to see them. And it did not disappoint. And it's making me sad that Danny Boyle only won for Slumdog Millionaire. He is a brilliant, brilliant director. He had the same energy opening yep. the movie. He got the same cast. The music kicks ass. You feel the nostalgia between the characters. There's all these great scenes where they're like reliving their younger days and they're talking over each other and yeah. you see like words and it's, it is. And even though it's Scotland, it's guys, I uh, was never a heroin addict. You, you understand that feeling of nostalgia that you have yeah. and it just kicked ass. And the last like, 20 seconds of that film it was it was like a punch in the face it was so good the ending was great the opening was amazing everything in between was amazing i i'm in desperate i'm gushing over this film i'm desperate a rewatch of the original train spotting too young to appreciate it and now i really feel like i really need to see this movie because it is not not a film that one has heard about much at the end of the year but now i need i'm gonna go check that out not right now i'm doing a podcast but you know later Definitely. Okay. The, the final shots of that film are like, bravo, Danny Ooh. Boyle. Okay, I do, I, do love, I do love final shots. I will say Dunkirk fucks up the final shot. It had it, and then it lost it. And I was so mad. Same with The Post. The Post had a great final shot, and it ruined it. So, Anyways, um, number five. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri for me. Uh, brilliant film. Definitely divisive. Incredible acting. Frances McDormand, Jesus Christ, the best actress race this year is absolutely insane. It's a a cat fight to the very, very end, to the the very last. Uh, It is, it's a curious anthropological study. It is written by a British, uh, British man, Martin McDonough, who is as as discussed before is a it's british or irish just curious what what just ugh, whatever he's not american he's not american commenting <laughs> on america and that i guess can be a problem there are some there are some things that are a little bit tone deaf uh language use but what it comes down to is that man has such a gift for words 
and the themes in this. He's able to play around with such great themes as um, vengeance and uh, and uh, how one how one handles the awfulness of the world. And the answer is generally by putting in more awfulness. Actually, there folks have been complaining that Sam Rockwell's character, who is a who is a racist, a racist cop who does beat up uh, beat up some people. Um, well, he beats up he beats up some black people off screen, and a white guy very much on screen uh, is redeemed at the end. And I just want to say, I don't think re- I don't think the Lord's definition of redemption is possibly and spoiler alert going to kill somebody for a crime they may or may not have committed through absolutely no with absolutely no due process. It's just vigilante. It's um, it's a, it's fascinating where we land as a culture talking about this one. Uh, I think if it wins Best Picture, which it, it possibly, film Twitter is going to erupt and burn the place down. But it is, even, even, if, you, even if you divorce it from the controversies, it is brilliantly acted. Sam Rockwell deserves that win. Woody, Woody Harrelson deserves that nomination. It is the most unexpected movie. I saw I had this year I had literally no idea where this film was going to take me. It starts out one thing, becomes another thing, becomes yet another thing and then somehow finally in the end becomes still yet another thing and I was enraptured the whole time. Um uh brilliant work, divisive work for sure, but definitely worthy of a top 5 here for me. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's great. That's great. Amy Thomason, number four. Well, oh. to peek back on that, oh. that's my next that's pick. Yeah. I feel like maybe I missed something because when I'm I don't understand why people are outraged by this movie. Because I feel like I'm a sensitive person and that I can pick up on stuff, but I don't think Sam Rockwell's character was fully redeemed at the end. No. no. I don't it think he was made and so when people think that it's a racist movie because the racist character was quote unquote redeemed at the end. He's not. I mean, it shows that he's not like a mustache twirling single dimensional character, but that's it. And I also liked that Francis McDormand wasn't this perfect vigilante heroine either. Right, no, she's she's as messed up as Sam as everyone else as in the Sam movie. Rockwell. So I like I and I liked that about them. The one line, and we didn't really get to talk about the nominees that I just have to say because it just made me laugh my ass off is when the new African American chief of police comes in uh-huh. and he makes a comment to Sam Rockwell and he's like, Get your cracker ass feet off the you know off the table or whatever. And Sam Rockwell, like look, kind of looks to the side and he very quickly, cause a lot of people are talking and moving. And he's just like, is that racist? <laughs> and the way that he said it, I had to rewind it and watch him say that line again. Cause it just made me laugh my ass off. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Hold on. Um... And at the end, where they're like, well, maybe he didn't do it. Well, maybe we'll kill him anyway. We don't know. Let's decide on the way. Spoiler alert. I was like, what? Yeah. 
yeah it's uh it's a it's a it's a great ending you're like okay this is this ending is it ending is any now any now oh i see okay that's we have gotten to we have found the point of the movie yeah and when she gets in that argument that ugly argument with her daughter and says like oh i hope you get raped on the way too she's not this perfect strong feminist mother which I thought made it more interesting, but apparently made the rest of the entire country hate it. So. Number four for me is what I think is your best picture winner of Lady Bird. Now, I know, I know, audience, I'm a guy, so therefore I am immediately unqualified to discuss the movie, but I do have a heart and feelings, and I have to say, this movie hit me. I couldn't, no, I could, I know, I could, it did not, it did not speak to me as. As in, a, in a deep way, as it perhaps spoke to you or uh, many millions of other uh, other women out there, but this movie is so so good, and it's a directorial debut uh, for Greta Gerwig. It is so it so captures the not the not the specifics, the essence of what it is to be a teenager in America. Just and it's from a Welsh girl who nails it. Thersha Ronan nails what it's like being a teenager in 2002. Because I remember that. I was like, oh, God. I was just all the references and the listening to Dave Matthews band. I get that. I could relate to that stuff at least. More than that, it just the, the, feel, the, the feelings of being an outcast, being kind of lonely, not being the best at really anything and just trying to figure it out. I think that is a universal thing that we can all relate to. And uh, it's Ladybirds hit the zeitgeist. It's, uh, it's, I think, maybe one of the top front, front runner, runners for this year's race. It's just, it's just, it's, it's really funny, too. It's a lot of fun. Lori Metcalf is uh, an amazing, amazing mother and made me appreciate my own mother for being as wonderful as she was. She is. Uh, so yeah, Lady, Lady Bird, number four. Come on. It's just I My number three pick is It, which oh. I think is my most anticipated movie of the year. Okay. Okay. I haven't I haven't read the book, but God bless the people who did the marketing for that movie. Because the poster was great. All of the trailers told you just enough to creep you out. Definitely. And I liked that they took an entire movie to focus on the childhood of those kids. Because that is a long-ass book. And I got about halfway through. I started reading it this summer, I think. But it really took the time to build that story as opposed to the original movie, which love Tim Curry, but the rest of the movie is crap. Fair enough. Fair enough. You you didn't find it too long? Excellent, excellent, excellent film. The kids were amazing, amazing performances. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Bill Skarsgård. Uh, he does give Tim Curry a run for his money as Pennywise. So, yes. Uh, very terrifying, very terrifying role he's got there. All right, uh, for me, number three, I got to do I got I got got to support my boy, my boy Hugh Jackman. One of two choices, and it's obviously going to be, nope, nope, not the one you're thinking of. It's Logan. I knew that was going to be the one. I knew it. <laughs> I know you like the soundtrack, but if you, but if you, but if I had to pick which one you would like better, any movie where he plays Wolverine. Okay, you got me. I, I, I love. And I, Patrick Stewart is in the movie, and yeah, Patrick Stewart doesn't hurt. 
Patrick Stewart's great. Uh, I was I was gunning for Patrick Stewart uh, for a supporting actor nomination. This is uh, the comic book movie that comic book ne- movies needed. It's outside of any continuity. It's a it's a character piece about getting old, dying, giving up. Uh, it's violent. It's so very violent. It features a great performance by Hugh Jackman. His last. In the role of Wolverine, he will be missed. Patrick Stewart gives one of his best performances of his career as a beaten down, broken Professor X. And it uh, it has this great, I mean, I just became uh, just became a dad this year, so the theme of, of fatherhood and looking after this, this young girl definitely resonated with me. And uh, as, a, as a comic book movie, it also is also uh, thrilling, uh, exciting, the final action battle is oh my god amazing uh very very intense uh also just like emotionally resonant and it feels like for once there are actual stakes in a comic book movie like these people if they die they're going to die that is it in final and uh you know he, he does he does perish at the end and i think it's one of the most uh, best send-offs to uh, a superhero, to many, to really a beloved character that I've been. The, you know, the best send off since they killed off Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. So, um, I mean, that's to me that's one of the all time greatest uh, character deaths in, in 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 history. They screwed it up with Star Trek Three, but Logan remains uh, a, a, just a powerful and great, great movie that. Um, if you haven't seen it, well, you should, you should get on that. But be prepared. There's a lot of blood, a lot of violence, uh, but it's all in the service of a great story. So, yeah. I am yeah. actually surprised that was not your number one. You will not be when you hear my number one. You'll be like, oh yeah, oh I get it. Um, that makes yeah. See, <laughs> I think you don't give me enough credit for listening to you because I've heard you over many conversations mention this movie in passing not when we're talking about something completely different and i'm like he really likes this movie you i do really like so it that's really. why i knew i was like it's not the it's not the uh greatest showman and yeah. i knew it was gonna be Logan, except i was surprised just because i thought that'd be your number one i don't want to be i don't want to be too obvious but my number one is if if you if you listen to me you'd be like oh, yeah that makes sense okay but uh speaking of number two number two my number two, Ladybird. Yay! All right. What are your thoughts on Ladybird? It was, and this is going to sound very self-centered. It was the movie I related to the most. Okay. Very nice. I grew up Catholic. Merrily We Roll Along is one of my favorite Sondheim musicals that I was introduced to when I was fifteen years old, and so my friends and I would drive around and listen to it. Daughter, mother, mm-hmm. same thing. You love your mother. Sometimes you don't see eye to eye. My mother and I, as we get older, we have so much more in common than we thought. But when I was a teenager, I was an angsty teenager. I was and totally different from how my mom when she was a teenager. So there was that you just don't understand the other person. Right. And you feel sometimes... Like Lady Bird did. It wasn't, oh, I hate my mother. I hate my mother. It was, does my mother like me? Right. Like, I know she loves me, but does she like me? And I liked that it brought up that 
perspective. She wasn't just this horrible brat of a daughter and the mother wasn't this horrible, awful monster of a mother. They really were both wonderful people, but they just didn't get each other. And I think that that's very rarely actually captured on film and it's very rarely done well. Representation matters. That's why. why that's why we need people like Greta Gerwig making movies like this. Making, make, just making movies. Just making, making any, any movies. Yes. Oh. Ladybird, uh, do you think it's going to win? I really cannot at this point make a prediction. Okay. Well, we got... I don't study the SAG awards and do the math with how many awards it's gotten. I kind of get like a gut feeling. Yeah. And right now, I think it's going to be. I don't know though. Three billboards is getting a lot of dumped on. Yeah, it's, you know that's, it, this year. If I've learned one thing from uh, the 2016 election is that polls and people who say they know don't mean shit. They, they don't. They, they, they don't. It, it's you can you can throw you can throw a dart at a board with all of the with all of the nominated pictures and whatever one that lands on. Be like, oh yeah, that's. That feels just about as accurate as pouring through all the data and the, and the precedent to this. So, and I would be equally as happy if it was Lady Bird, if it was Three Billboards, or The Shape of Water. Any of those three can win, and I'd be like, "Of course, of course yeah. good pick, good job, guys." Well played, well played. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're def- they're de- they're definitely they're definitely in it. So it's a brawl. It's a four way brawl. So we'll see. We'll see on March fourth. So exciting, so exciting. My number two, previously mentioned, Mother. I love this movie. I, I love this movie for a lot of the same reasons I love Star Wars Last Jedi, because it pissed off a lot of people who were expecting something else and were upset that it didn't meet the expectations. I love that Jennifer Lawrence gives a completely raw and vulnerable performance that I don't understand why it's not getting more, it's got any awards love. She is on display. She is the literal embodiment of the muse. Javier Bardem is God. It is a movie that takes so many, takes the piss out of so much theology and the Christian mythos that I, there's a part of me that's just like, yes, this is it. It's, uh, it's, it's, angry a movie as you will find it is it is railing against the human condition and the the people and the creature that we invented that we say invented us it's um a powerful look at uh it's 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 a nice companion piece to phantom thread which sadly didn't make this list on uh the the relationship between art and uh its muse and how in this one he destroys her, like literally destroys her, because she just gives everything to him, including her, including her son, which uh, was the most terrifying and heart wrenching and just gut punching scene I uh, in, in movie in movies this year. I um, and as a new dad, and, I'm and, sure that hit you. Oh, it, it hit me, and uh, I saw I saw it at one of the one of the. Um, one of the, the showings that allows you to bring kids and my, <gasps> and my daughter, what she hasn't seen any of the movies. She's always been smashed up against me or I've like been kept her away from this, from the screen. But when that came up, I was like, Oh my God, <gasps> this, 
baby, baby, you're okay. Oh, you're asleep? Okay. No, you're I'm asleep. concerned okay. about you seeing it with your daughter. I'm sure your daughter probably slept. She's oh, yeah. fine. She, she, but at the same time, but just if I was holding either of my children, I, I would have. Like, oh, I just I like, I'm going to squeeze you hard. With the, you know, she, she was in the carrier. I'm like, no, it's okay, baby. It's okay. It's not real. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. Please, God. Just, oh, my God. Oh, God. No, it's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor about the Bible. He tell, he retells the entire Bible, the, the entire the entire Bible. And it's so brilliant. And um, I, I do, I, I, I love that it is, it is so divisive. And I am firmly in the camp of this movie is excellent. It is incredibly well acted. The technical achievement of having to deal with all of that in a single, in a single room, in a single, single house is uh, mind blowing and uh, none but the great Darren Aronofsky who, uh, whose films, especially his religious films, I adore could, could pull it off. Uh, so it is number two for me. And so we have now come to it at last. The drum top roll, film, please. the drum roll, please. The top film of 2017 as spoken by Amy Thomason. What is your number one? I, Tanya. Yeah, all right. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Holy, holy cow, did I love this movie. I was expecting it to be kind of good. I, it was funny. It was thought-provoking. It was well-acted. When Allison Janey gave her first little screenshot when she's sitting and does her little bit where she's talking to the camera, where she's introduced to the audience, uh-huh. I was like, she's going to be nominated for an Oscar. And she was. And, and yes, and as she right after that, I got my cell phone out and like texted my friend who's like this huge Allison Janney fan ever since she was on the West Wing. I was like, holy crap, have you seen this movie? If you have not, you need to literally like stop what you're doing, go to the theater, watch this movie because you will die because it is so great. I uh, and Margot Robbie, who's so stunningly beautiful and another one of my favorites with Wall Street, she rocked this part yeah that's what i hear i it was just enjoyable it was like a wild crazy ride and And it was another movie that made me go and research more and i remember it i remember when all this stuff with tanya harding went down of course i went back online and watched all the like netflix (laughs) (laughs) stuff well, it's a that's a that's a fitting it's a fitting end for your list, which was featured heavily on the on the difficult moms. I think you had at least four in there, maybe more. So you had a uh, you had uh, Florida Project. Florida Project. You had three billboards. She's definitely a, a yes. tough mom. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. You can say mother. Definitely, she she went she went through some she went through some stuff. She's you know had 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 a rough go of it. And I Tanya, did I miss one? Did I miss one? Mm. No. But Allison Janney, man, she she deserves it. And I love Laurie Metcalf. I've always loved Laura Metcalf. If she wins, I will be like, good for her. Right. She's great. But Allison Janney, in that first little tiny clip, I was like, can we start engraving this woman's Oscar? Because she's <laughs> amazing. And she's great in every single thing that she's in. Yes, she and does. I love that she finally got a role that's really getting her like legit, legit Oscar buzz. DJ, we love you. Got a West Wing. 
All right. Uh, well, my number one, uh, sadly not Itania. I do not get to see it, but I'm going to say it, and you're going to go, oh, right, forgot about that. Of course, Blade Runner 2049. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, see? I see? forgot about that, of course. See, I did actually see that. Okay, all right. I... I'm Doesn't not, shock me at all. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the original Blade Runner. It, Ridley Scott makes that surprises bone, me. It, it's it's very it's slow to the point of not not deliberate, but just it felt it just feels like they're they're trying to do a lot, but they don't have a good handle on it. That's why there are like a million different versions of the movie. That really but, really surprises me that you feel that way. Yeah, but, like, I, I, but I but I do I do acknowledge its influence and. The fact that it became more beloved after the fact, and I think that will that will absolutely happen with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. What Denis Villeneuve does here is create obviously a sequel that it far surpass, far surpasses the original. It is the most technically beautiful thing on film this year. Um, Roger Deakins, I think 17 Oscar nominations, not a single win or something like that. This should this should be his for the taking. It is beautiful and gorgeous, and it tells a story that has a lot of great twists and turns. Ryan Gosling is uh, incredible. Harrison Ford, who has been killing it with his older roles recently, it's a film that really intelligently i think but not boringly looks at what it means to be human especially when you are you yourself are not human and what that means and what what do you have to do and you think you have this purpose but then it turns out you it's not really meant for you so what does that mean for you as a as a entity not even a person as an entity how do you go through life and and what does how do you find meaning in that and it does it in a thrilling and brilliant way it has a, some a great very sparse action scenes in it uh and it's uh, just an, another film that you have to see on a big screen it's a long film for sure but i was never once bored by it i was just enraptured i wanted i didn't want to live there but i wanted to like go and visit and play around in that world because it's it's a terrible a terrible world thirty thirty one years from now. But uh, it's a it's a great, incredible story that I think will, like the original, only become more beloved as time passes as as we go along. And in twenty forty nine, I think uh, I think people will be like, yeah, they nailed it, they got it. So um, yeah, my number one number one film of the year, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. God, I I love it. I need to see it again. I need to see it again and again and again. And I well, you know what? It's I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to own that movie in physical. Not just I'm not I'm not just going to buy it on Amazon. I want to own the DVD. I want to own the special edition Blu-ray of that film whenever that comes out. So that's that's me. That's me. Ah, this has been fun. Oh, I haven't had a. It's good to good to get this out. How do you feel? Yes. You feel good? You feel good about the list? Any, any... I do. I feel good. All right. Any... I like that. We, you can tell our personalities based on our lists. You can probably also tell which one's the guy, which one's the girl. You're like, oh, yeah, of course, the one with Star Wars <laughs> and Blade All the Runners. ones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> angsty, angsty hormonal women. Yes. Yeah. But I will say this though, that uh, I did hear from everyone who saw the Blade Runner movie, all of them said it was great. And Ryan Gosling's another one of those. He's always good. Hmm. Always. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, he, he, he does that because you know, well, he's a robot. He's a robot in the, in the movies. He has that, that icy, not quite human stare. He's got that down pat. He's, he's brilliant in it. And yet, it does, it, yet, he does so much with his eyes, and it's, it's all great. Mm-hmm. The pictures. Just a minute, I can go on and on and going on about it, but that's, uh, that's not what we're here for. We are Oscar Watch, and thank you so much for listening to us. If you want to contest our thoughts, our choices, if you think another movie deserved number one, if you're wondering, hey, why is that film so far down on your list? Why did you forget about X, Y, or Z? You can drop us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com, and we will... Definitely get back to you, perhaps on air, and tell you how wrong or how right you are. You can find us on social media at Oscar Watch Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Amy, if people wanted to get in touch with you directly and tell you how wrong or right, probably <laughs> right, that you are, where would that be? Uh, at a Thomason eleven on Twitter. Okay, next week. Honestly, I haven't thought of it, so it's going to be a surprise. Um, <laughs> we're going to go back to our regularly scheduled program of looking back at the past Oscar winners and getting uh, psyched up for the current and future yeah. Oscar winners. It's going to be TCM so exciting. TCM 30 Days of Oscar is going to be starting wow. soon, which is yes. my favorite month, of, my favorite 30 days of the year. <laughs> All right. Well, you, uh, you check it out. Watch along. We'll be back with more Tales from the Red Carpet. Until next time, we will see you then. Leave me alone.